Welcome to Vision 2030 right here on Channel Africa. My name is Kurt Williams. Today on the program we are talking about June 16, the Youth Day, and we're commemorating 1976 uprising in Soweto. So we have an exciting lineup. We are first of all going to talk to the young, vibrant lady here from South Africa. Her name is none other than Dintle uh, Litlape. She is a one young world ambassador and also the founder and director of Bokomosa Barona. She's also known as Didi. Didi, thank you for your time and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Kurt, for the opportunity. No, it's a privilege having you, Didi. Uh, Didi, so first of all, you day commemorating, you know, the uprising in Soweto, which takes place in June 16, 1976, where thousands of students were, uh, you know, uh, was, was, you know, brutally, you know, uh, killed and, you know, their lives almost destroyed by the apartheid regime. And uh, today we are still commemorating that day. Um, in your view, first of all, have we made any progress in what the June 16 uprising, uprising objectives were all about? Okay, thanks for that um, question, Kurt. Um, I think for me uh, personally, I feel that there have been strides that have been made, you know, when it comes to June 16, um, because when you look at really what they were fighting for, they were fighting for freedom, right? They were fighting for access to opportunities, you know, and I still feel that um, in some areas within the context of um, South Africa right now, we are still fighting for those things, you know, whether it's through um, employment or education or access to basic services such as healthcare, I still think that um, the the significance of the of commemorating June 16 is still much very relevant um, to what the, the children fought for all those years. Great stuff. So also, I'm very excited, uh, Didi, to you know, I know you're talking in the capacity as the one young world ambassador about the youth month. But for our listenership, sharp rather, uh, sake, can you also give us an idea of what young world ambassador is all about and how did you get in there? Okay. No, that's fine. So, um, so in 2017, I had an opportunity to go to Bogota, Colombia, and what happens with One Young World is that, um, so through the different work that we're doing, mostly social, um, social entrepreneurship work, or you know, like the desire just to make a difference, um, what you would do is that you would apply um, for an opportunity to attend one of their conferences, which are held at various, um, various places in the world, you know. Um, so, for instance, this year it's going to be held in Munich. In uh, my year is in Bogota. It's been to London and so forth. So it's really um, companies that stand for change, you know, that believe in the youth, um, send their base delegates um, within the country, within their companies to go and really learn about how do I become a change maker and how do I problem solve um, the issues and the problems in my country so that we can really um, help make a change and a difference in the world. So yeah, I got involved because of my passion through Bukamoso Barona, which is really um, aimed at improving children's life through education. And over the years, it's, it's really um, grown from strength to strength into other initiatives, but basically boils down to the passion and the desire I have to really make a change in the, in the world. Thank you. Great stuff. We love that. So tell us in your, from your view, you know, in your view rather, um, what makes June 16, 1976 significant to you? Okay. So for me, it really signifies 
dignify the day that they, you took a stand for all the injustices that they were experiencing under the apartheid regime, that there is really power and unity when people come together and stand up for a cause in which they believe in. And as I've touched on on the work that we're doing for One Young World, for me it also signifies the importance for me to have a vision and a desired future and intentionally work towards it, particularly through leadership um, and the work that we're doing in education. And it really just signifies also the, the responsibility that I have as a youth leader to ensure that those that come behind me have better opportunities because of what I spent, what I, what I chose to stand for today. Wow, that's awesome. And then also, uh, Didi, is the commemoration of June 16 uprising relevant to today's youth? So I really do because um, I touched on this earlier again. Um, I, I still maintain that we are still suffering from the injustices of a system that continues to exclude others based on their social dynamics and race, you know. And although um, it, it's it's different for today's youth in the sense that it wasn't uh, because, you know, you were trying to, to study in your language, you know, but we are still being excluded um, and this pertains to unemployment, this pertains to education, you know, this pertains to um, access to basic services because mm-hmm. we see that through in those key um, aspects, you know, we are still suffering. And I think... Um, I think it's important to highlight that that you know it is still relevant that the the the, the youth of June 16 who suffered um, and fought for these things we are still fighting for that as well um, in today's generation. Yes, just like you have just in, indicated in June 16, uh, 1976, the youth stood up against the apartheid regimes to fight against inequality and the. Op- uh, 40 years later, the youth today yeah. still struggle with inequality, free quality education, economic freedom, and so on. Uh, so in your opinion, what do you think is needed to overcome the challenges that the youth in South Africa is facing today? Yeah. So I definitely think we need to provide opportunities to youth through education, right? And education really, um, I think it's one of the, in the words of Nelson Mandela, education is the most powerful tool in the world, you know. And I find that if, if a child can be educated, then they stand at least a chance, you know, to go to university, to get a job, or if anything, um, to, to acquire the critical skills that will enable that person to maybe start a business, you know. So we can mm-hmm. do this through skills training, empowerment courses, and entrepreneurship, because I feel that a lot of the times um, the youth has been left hopeless, you know. Um, there's a stat that I came across uh, across that South Africa has a youth population in the medium age of 26 and I truly believe that with the right focus on youth development we should focus on really um, provi- um, structurally addressing this, you know, to ensure that we are able to equip the youth to face these challenges and overcome them. You are saying it very beautifully, uh, Didi. The only thing I'm wondering, every year when June 16 is uh, coming up, you know, we are recycling most of the awesome ideas that we are saying this needs to happen, that needs to happen. What, in your view, do you think is really the problem that why government, specifically under the black leadership of of our fathers, if I could put it like that, are still struggling to get to terms of empowering the youth through education? Yeah. So I I and I am I'm, I'm a data analyst by profession right and I find that 
a lot of the times what we do as a as a country we we kind of put a band-aid over the problem right so we don't really address it so let's say there's an education program we just throw money at it right and i mm-hmm. think we need to do the groundwork when we're really solving these issues and really put proper systems in place how are we going to monitor and track this you know how are we going to make sure that our teachers are equipped adequately how are we going to um, beyond um, our teachers being equipped adequately, how are we going to make sure that we can? Um, how, how are we going to make sure that the system is really working? You know, because it's enough to say, "Oh, we spent five hundred million on education," but what exactly did you spend on? You know, I think we need to work on getting tangible results. And now, I was reflecting back as well. You know, as as a young girl growing up, there were programs like Life Life, Love Life. You know, there were programs. Yes. Like City Foundation. There were leadership programs, you know, that kept us motivated, that kept us off the streets, that kept us active and involved. And I think that should really be the focus, you know, um, not tick box exercises to say, oh, we've done this and this, we've built a school, whatever, whatever million, you know, but really focusing on the nitty gritty to ensure that the systems that are put in place are actively working. Yes, yeah, certainly. Coming now to the youth, every June 16, if you notice, you know, there's a lot of young people is going to parks, brying, having a party. It looks like many of them are not really paying attention to the commemorating sites. Some believe it's nothing but just, you know, entertainment, having fun. Uh, so, and then you have the ones that just just couldn't care less. How could we mobilize the young people, you know, to be active citizens, citizenry, you know, getting involved in their own local communities and democracy and on all levels? Yeah. So I think we need more good examples in our communities, right? And oftentimes we find that once we make it, we go to the suburbs and, you know, we just leave the children to to figure it out by themselves. But I really think we need to bring back programs that, you know, instill certain programs with us, within us, whether it's through church programs, you know, whether it's through youth development programs um, or just really initiatives that are aimed at um, at, invol- at in- ensuring that um, citizens are, you know, uh, that are mobilized, you know. So, for instance, let's get the NYDA because that's one of the that's one of the pillars and within the government that are, that is that is meant to ensure that the youth is equipped, you know. Let's get them to, let's hold them to accountability and say, what have you done, you know, other than providing funding um, to the youth to ensure that they are able to receive these opportunities? So I think it's really um, a community coming together, you know, involving the parents. I strongly believe in involvement of the parents, involving of organizations and institutions to ensure that uh, we can mobilize youth in active fitness, in, in active um, programs that will ensure that they are um, involved in these kind of initiatives. In 1976, the youth were very passionate about what they want to do. Has the present-day youth lost their willpower and passion to fight? So it's a mixed bag for me. 
Um, and I, I think we see it as, you know, like over the years, you've seen marches like Fees Must Fall, you know, when we had Nene pass away, when she was brutally murdered, you know, we had a whole gender-based violence march, you know, and the recent um, exclu- um, financial exclusion march, you know, which resulted in students being admitted back. So I do really think that there are... Um, times where we've seen um, youth come together and fight for a common cause and, you know, um, there was cha- there were changes that were made. I think, however, that um, we also need to aspire to, um, we need to aspire to, to show people examples of, of what success looks like through work and effort, right? And we should really mm-hmm. um, re- reignite that passion and show them that it is possible if you work, you know, if you put your mind to it. And really, like I've touched on again, programs that are centered around empowering the youth, you know, and yes. that really uh, emancipate them and equip them so that they too can also be um, successful in their right um and um good leaders of tomorrow didi you talked about you know uh organs of state like uh, you know nyda many a time these organizations are looked at as political you know organs you know to fund you know a cadres of the movement and not really addressing the masses uh, of the people's need in terms of becoming entrepreneurs, you know, social entrepreneurs, etc. Um, do you think we need to do things a little differently uh, to really address what we are seeing happening? Like I said, every year we are recycling these things and it mm. looks like we are not going anywhere slowly. So personally, um, I've been... I've been a recipient of the good work that the NYDA has done, right? And I know that there aren't a lot of good examples of those, you know, but I do think that um, a lot of the times, because I work in the private sector, we we have initiatives that we are currently putting in place to ensure that other people benefit, that we should be doing things differently. Um, I think back again, it goes back to accountability of the systems that we have put in place as a as a country. You know, um, I think that we should um, we should audit and vet our systems to ensure that they benefit more people at large and I personally um, as an aspiring youth you know we had dreams and goals and I approached the NYDA um, and they they really supported me you know so I do speak of the little wins that can be achieved if 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 we have if we do the work correctly you know and can and you I, please tell us about that what was it that you approached the NYDA with and how and in what way did they support you Okay, so um, I'm the director of finance for the Commonwealth um, youth, Commonwealth Youth, right? And okay. we had we had to go to Ghana, right? And yes. I I approached the NYDA because I didn't necessarily have the funding, and they supported me, you know. And this really was um, to to better to better South Africa in the sense that by me being there and actively representing um, South Africa, there were so many more opportunities that enabled us to do the work that we do within the country, you know. So those are the few examples that I have personally, I was fortunate enough to have 
be able to attain such an opportunity because of say, their support. Okay, so they financially make sure that they support your logistics and your accommodation in making sure that you arrive and can represent South Africa on that level. Yes. And then you mentioned earlier on you are the finance director for, for the Commonwealth. Can you tell us about that? Okay. So the Commonwealth, um, as you might know, is... Uh, is an organization, right? Um, it's all the 54 yep. countries that were previously um, uh, colonized. And what happens is that through this organization, um, most of them, are, I think it's all African countries and then some in Australia and some in um, Europe. So it's basically a body that... Um, so the Commonwealth is... Um, what what was what was previously colonized by the British government, right? So what they've decided to do is as a way of giving back and emancipating and equipping African countries and some other countries like Australia and some also in um also some in Europe, you know, they've come up with this body and what tends to happen what happens is that we as the as the Commonwealth youth, you know, we have um, identified critical things that we wanted to solve within our country, and then we went about that. So it's really one of the bodies and instruments, especially because it comes with with um, so much power. I would say, you know, so much backing, it enables us to really make a difference. Wow, that sounds awesome. So let's get to the point of June 16 now. In your capacity as finance director at the Commonwealth, what programs do you have in place or is there room for you know proposals to come and to say, look, this is what we believe as young people could be done to really, you know, put back the spark and uh, you know the vibrancy of June 16? Yeah. So actually, yes, last year we launched a program called our Yes Program, right? And it's it's really aimed at providing, we had like a series of things where we had entrepreneurs come through and share their, their journey, you know, share their resources with our contacts. So if, if, if as a youth you require those that those access and those networks um, to help you with your business, then we are definitely willing to support. Um, you can just have a look at our website under Commonwealth um, Youth, or um, you can just click on yes, you know, um, and then you will see not oh, then you will be able to see the kind of opportunities that we are offering to the youth. So you say you have launched a YES program last year. Now, is it the same YES program that we normally see? Because there's another YES program. I don't know if it's the same one where the yellow is the yellow YES. And I think the President Cyril Ramaphosa was part of the launch of the YES. Is that the same thing? No, 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 no not that YES program. So it's, sorry, it's Youth Entrepreneur Support Initiative, Commonwealth Youth. You should see it um, there. And that's okay, no, great stuff. Yeah. So just lastly, my friend, I think we are going over your time here. Yeah? Uh, just, just lastly, uh, Didi, uh, you are a successful professional. Please tell us about your journey. How did you become so successful and uh, how so that young people can learn and maybe draw some inspiration from you? Okay. So funny enough, my my journey in my career has so much to do with One Young World, which I spoke about previously, right? So in 2017, when I went to Bogota, I I I was 
I came across uh, another colleague, and then through One Young World, we the following year we had to apply for the Commonwealth Heads of State, right? And while I was at the Commonwealth Heads of State, I had to. I had an opportunity to present to the CEO of the British Council. And um, while I was there, um, my one of my career sponsors, who was the executive head of um, Anglo-American um, Plat- and Platinum, you know, she was there at the table and she heard me speak and then she was thoroughly impressed. But maybe I should go back a bit. So I have a, um, I have a, I have training in accounting. Um, I started become accounting at the University of Johannesburg, and then I practiced as an accountant um, for four years, which I really didn't like. And then, so as I started pursuing my passion as an individual, um, I started doing all these things through One Young World and then the Commonwealth Heads of State. And then um, I believe in the power of networking. I really do. I think um, oftentimes, you know, um, opportunities come through us in different ways. But what happened is then I got an opportunity to work on this project for our CEO at the time in Anglo-American Platinum. And yeah, it was such an amazing opportunity because as a data analyst and a project management assistant, I was really required to just take all our finance data all our strategy work, you know, and really come up with strategies and solutions that support our executive management in order to enable us to reset our relationships and our community members, to improve spend, and to really, um, how do we make more impact in the programs that we have through education, um, through our educational programs, you know, through Every cent that we spend within our host communities and mining, how do we ensure that you, we really have um, great impact and great value for money? So, yeah, and, yeah, the rest is history, and I've just grown from strength to strength. Um, and, yeah, it's been amazing, and I really encourage um, people that um, are looking for ways to really grow and expand in their career. You know, sometimes it can come through you applying and other times it comes through what we call sponsorships and mentorships. And they are, and most times, because I was already in Anglo-American Platinum at the time, in Anglo-American, you know, they, you can grow your career through secondment, you know. But I'm definitely um, supportive of women that support other women and are all for rate growing and um, p- passing down the baton. So I've really been lucky in that aspect. No, I'm, thank I'm you very to... much, Didintle. Litlape, <laughs> you are a profound young woman, and we are really appreciating your time. You're on Vision 2030, uh, the founder, Boca Moso Barona, and you are also the One Young World Ambassador. So we really appreciate you coming through for us, and we appreciate your time here on Vision 2030. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for listening to Vision 2030 right here on Channel Africa. Stay tuned as we're coming up with more on June 16, 1976 right here on Channel Africa from the African Perspective. Welcome back to Vision 2030 right here on Channel Africa. My name is Kurt Williams. We are continuing our conversation regarding June 16 and the importance of the uprising in 1976 compared to what the young people are facing today and whether or not the day is still relevant. We have on the line joined by none other than Seth Masiboku, who is one of the founders and directors at June 16 Development Foundation. Mr. Seth, thank you for your time and welcome to the show. Oh, how good. good afternoon and I'm humbled and thanks very much for making me part of your show.
No, it's a privilege having one of our, you know, heroes of the 1976 uh, history. So, Mr. Seth, 1976 is about almost 40 years later, and we are about to commemorate yet again another new day. Are we, is June 16th still relevant? To be precise, it is 45 years. We are on our 45th anniversary of June 16th. And the question sounds very much Naughty, if one might say. Tell me, <laughs> tell me one struggle, particularly that contributes to the liberation of the people or to bringing about democracy. Tell me one, whether you speak a struggle of, you know, the Palestinian people, the Israelites or the Jews or whoever. Tell me one of those struggles that at some point its date or event that leads to their liberation becomes irrelevant. It never happens. History is history and it stays that way with all its components, with all what makes up to it, um, every point of its history. Immediately when we start asking if June 16 is relevant, we are saying at some point June 16 should be deleted in our history as a date that brought about and that saw actually the death of children in a very terrible way and that was led by black people who were feeling oppression who were told that now they must see the greener pastures but not reach them so my point is that that question is not supposed to be even asked june 16 was relevant is relevant will be forever relevant Thank you very much, Mr. Seth, in making that point clear. June 16 is relevant. Now, let's come to today, Mr. Uh, Masubuku. Uh, you have said uh, clearly earlier on, it's about 45 years we are now celebrating yes. and commemorating the day. Mm. And uh, do you think the young people of today appreciate the role that the, 90, the class of 1976 have played? Actually, you know, again, when we speak history, yeah, History and its connection comes at different levels. <laughs> you know, when I always get the question that you just asked, I always say to people, you know, don't compare microwave with an oven. <laughs> you, see, <laughs> us, <laughs> you see, us, the youth of 1976, are an oven. Maybe the struggle that we're fighting that time was an oven struggle. And we are at another level of the struggle, the microwave level of the struggle. And let me assure you, some of the issues that we fought for or even fought against are still happening. We were not supposed to be even talking of hashtag fees must fall if we had achieved you know, the end of what is called discriminatory uh, education system or what is called colonized system of education. So to me, the struggle of 1976 is as connected as it was all along with the struggle. It was the 76 struggle was connected to the 1960 struggle of Sharpeville. And that of Sharpeville was connected also to the black consciousness and the Frelimo rally. The Frelimo rally was connected to also the struggle of 
one can go on. We were born as the 1976 leadership. We were born out of black consciousness movement. We were born out of the struggle of Steve Biko. We were born out of the struggle of Sobugwe. We were born out of the struggle of, the Man- of Mandela. And we are saying that struggle chained up to 1976. After chaining up to 1976, the struggles that we are still saying, they might be at another level but they are still connected. You don't cut off. Struggle become a chronology of events. You don't cut off another struggle and say, is it relevant? We are losing the challenges of that time when now people are facing similar or are facing, you know, uh, the same struggles. Let me take a pause and say, when I got involved and in, invited by this hash, uh, hashtag FISMASFOR students, that was the debate. Mm-hmm. I said to them, look, guys, you know, to me, to have to bury a, a, a person who has been shot by the police is not something new. It happened to me in 1994. I'm sorry, in 1976, when we buried a lot of children. So it's something, the only thing is just that it is at another level now. And when it comes to, you know, the issues of South African youth that should feature high on the government's list of priorities, do you think that government is slowly coming to the party? Let me assure you. Tell me one thing where government is coming to the party. Government talks about things, documents things, uh, documents issues, but government will never implement. Government will rather spend time in courts. Government will rather spend time in commissions. Government will spend time in bosporats. Government will spend time in big meetings. Never down to the level of the poor. Never down to the level of those that need them most. I must assure you, I'm, I'm a Soweto boy. I was a Soweto boy. I still am. I haven't seen Soweto becoming anything better than what it was. But I've seen Soweto becoming worse. But government calls itself the government that cares for the people. It is these people who cannot be, even be ob- able to observe COVID-19 pre- uh, uh, regulations. It is these people who cannot even observe uh, COVID-19 protocol because they are still in a shake. The government that we call the government of the people is actually the government of our own pockets. They fight for their own pockets. The, 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 the electoral system of this country must change. Because we are not electing our own presidents. We are not electing our own councillors. We are not electing our own ministers. What we are doing is that we are electing a party, a party that determines who should be our president, and that we cannot hold that president accountable. We cannot hold that councillor accountable. That councillor protects the party rather than protecting the people. But how do we change it, uh, Mr. Faith? It's time that the, the, the people who are still with the people, the leaders that are still with the people, must be sitting down to start talking, one, about the electoral system of this country, two, prioritizing the people's issues and be able to take them up and start, you know, joining forces with our young people. I'm talking about the FISMA fall. I'm talking about those young people in the townships who are being deprived. We must be tested also starting to 
discuss the intergenerational you know, relationships of these issues and of the struggles so that now we can start coming together and fighting for and, and pushing these issues forward. And that's why I'm saying, as I'm talking to you now, we're starting to even listen to the children of the poor, to the children of those mothers and fathers in the shacks to say, what are your issues? And how is active citizenry for young people to be involved in their local communities, democracy on all levels? It is so interesting. Dream 16 Youth Development Foundation, pillar, pillar number two, is a youth active citizenry and youth involvement and, and youth involvement and community development. A pillar number three, it is uh, social justice and and, 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 and and human rights. Now, our young people that we are busy even working with, we are saying to them, there is no one. Your fathers called the governing the government and your mothers who are in government are not looking after you. Look after yourselves and look after your communities. We are starting a process where we are saying to young people, it is not about your pocket, but it is about your people. And get involved in issues of social justice and human rights. Get involved in issues of fighting for education system and getting, not even only fighting for it, be able to contribute towards an education system that will speak to your will and to what you are aspiring to be. Can you briefly tell us what does the June 16 Development Foundation do? Okay. June 16 Development Foundation, our main, as I said, that uh, the pillar number one is history and heritage. Actually, the whole vision says it is to preserve, protect, and promote the history and heritage of youth leadership in South Africa. That's, our, that's where we stand. Then we have pillar one focusing on the recording and the 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 record the recording and also a, 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 what you call the archiving of history and heritage mm-hmm. and research archiving of history and heritage and then pillar number two as i said it is active citizenry pillar number three it is social justice and um and and, and human rights commission sorry human rights human rights and then the last pillar is education and uh, education development and improvement we've got those four pillars then we get young people to be active in one or two of the pillars we get involved that's why i kept i kept on saying uh, human rights commission we are working with human rights commission on issues in the community that we, where we feel that um there is you know and there, there, there is violation of human rights we take up those issues and raise them with human rights commission we also have uh, uh, we don't only take up issues we also make sure that we educate people on issues human rights then we have schools we are working with schools as it is in Soweto as we are talking to you we are working with uh, 18 schools on um, what we call uh, psychosocial life skills and youth leadership and also on other projects related to GBV I can go on. I don't think that this program will be enough for me to, but the basic part of it, we are getting youth 
into that spirit of 1976 of saying, take leadership and change your situation. And then also, uh, uh, Mr. Masubuku, I think it's in very important for the rest of our listeners also to know if you could just please help us to understand what's the difference between the June 16 Development Foundation and the June 16 Foundation. Okay. June 16 Foundation, are your, it's the class of 76. Those are other old guys. Those we, we can Are you not old also? <laughs> I'm not old. I'm still a young boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, the June 16 is the class of 76. It's made up of the class of 76. The June 16 Youth Development Foundation, I sit as, as, as the, what is called their chancellor, but it's led uh, uh, by young people. It's young people connecting to their old. You know, it is, we are taking over the struggle of our old people. You know, we are taking over that history. We are owning that history. So that's the difference of the two. Okay, great stuff. And then do you think there is enough uh, okay, June 16 sorry, programs sorry, or sorry. do you think there is room for more June 16 programs? For instance, the foundation, the, the June 16 Youth Development Foundation has um, three is actually there is June 16 Development Foundation, then there's a component June 16 Youth Development, then there's a June 16 Education Trust, and then there's June 16 um, Development Enterprise. All three are falling under the Development Trust. I'm sorry, the, 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 the Youth uh, the, the Development Foundation. So the enterprise is the economic side of developing youth. The Education Trust is the one that focuses on education matters and also, you know, supporting young people who are poor in education. And then the Youth Development Foundation is the one that I was talking about with the four pillars. Wow, that's interesting. And like I said, do you have adequate uh, programs or is there, you know, society as a whole, are they, uh, are they welcome to come up with more June 16 programs? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. June 16. You know, we've got, we researched with the University of Johannesburg. We had a research and then came up with a, a very simple a, a document that is called, that discusses what we call the spiral mogul of 1976. The fires of 1976 sparked off in Soweto, but that very night that it was Alexander, it spiraled to uh, the East Rand, it spiraled to the Val, it spiraled to the West Rand, it spiraled to even beyond the Port Elizabeth, all those events, all those historical events of 1976 should be put together and should be understood that now each of that spiral point should then be able to do something about June 16 that is more constructive and active. And as June 16 Youth Development Foundation, we are free to open up to, mem- to, to the members of the community and say, what is it that we can do together? We have just now, we are a poor organization, just don't ask us for money. <laughs> 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 now, uh, uh, what we are doing now, we are for this June 45th anniversary, we are going to be in holding an international, what we call international and intergenerational conversation, which is going to be virtual. Uh, we are going to be connected to India and to the U.S. Yale University. And then in South Africa, will be hosted by University of Johannesburg, having a conversation about challenges of young people in the current situation. And then one of the programs we are having this year 
for this year we are starting to launch in this 45th anniversary is the is the one that says um uh, uh, um we are calling it, um, uh, um, you know, unsung heroes and heroines of 1976 and untold stories of 1976. We're ca- trying to unravel those small stories that are not about Seth Mazibogo, but are about that old lady at the corner who participated in 1976. Who's that old lady? What did that old lady do? How did he contribute there? That person in Ngaleni, in the Eastern Cape. There are a lot of stories related to June 16 that are just not revealed because the other mission of our current government is to actually not, you know, to, to delete some of these historical, you know, important historical events like they did with um, uh, 21st of March, Shovel Day, or what we used to call, even under apartheid, we used to call it Hero Day. They've decided to call it Human Rights Commission. If you ask any child what happened in Shovel, they'll tell you they don't know. And that is also happening with June 16. So we're not allowing that to die. We are saying that now we are going to be now telling the untold stories and also, you know, uh, 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 um, coming up with the unsung heroes of that day. No, thank you very much, Mr. Seth Masubuku, uh, for coming through for us and tell us the importance of June 16, 1976, and ongoing in celebrating the 45th anniversary of that important day in our history. I'm humbled. Thank you very much, Mr. Seth Masubuku. You take care until we talk again next time in celebrating June 16, 1976. Right here on Channel Africa. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye-bye. Yes, that is Seth Masubuku, the founder of June 16 Development Foundation, talking to us about the importance of June 16 and how we had to humbly respect and reverence the commemoration of 1976 as we celebrating Youth Month right here, Channel Africa, Vision 2030 from the African perspective. Don't forget to follow us on our social media platform, hashtag Vision 2030. Till next time, you stay safe and may God bless.